This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Hey there, it's Robbie here. In this episode of the Offscript podcast, we're in conversation with Wes Morgan, the man who skippered his side to one of the most extraordinary triumphs, not just in football, we've said it many times on this show, but in sporting history. Leicester City, having narrowly avoided relegation the season before, became Premier League champions in 2016. How they did it still beggars belief nearly six years on. And we wanted to get the full story from Wes, from inside the dressing room. We wanted to find out what was going on in that inner sanctum during this sporting miracle as Leicester City powered to the Premier League title. But first, and this was important, we had to establish how willing Wes was to take a stroll down memory lane with us. Had he got a little tired, perhaps, of talking about that glorious season? The Offscript Podcast. Listen, for someone like me, you know, um, played 10 years in the the lower leagues, League One uh, Championship, and just to get into the Premier League was uh, an achievement itself, just to play in the Premier League. But to go one better and and win the Premier League, never get bored of uh, talking about it. You know, it's such a a special achievement for me. Uh, Same for the players in, in the team at the time, you know, players that have been, you know, in and around the Premier League, mostly in the Championship, not quite been successful, you know, for that group of players to all come together and achieve what we did, you know, it makes it extra special. Uh, well, it's good that you're not bored of talking about it because we're keen to talk <laughs> about it, Wes. But in terms of that first kind of August 2015, let's go back there if we can. And and obviously Claudio Ranieri has, has come into the club. What, what is the mood in that dressing room like, having just by the skin of your teeth survived the previous season in, in a relegation battle Obviously, at that point, you're not thinking about winning the league that season. But what is the mood in the camp like and, and the reaction to Claudio's appointment as well? Can you kind of take us back there? Yeah, well, to, to be totally honest, I wasn't there. <laughs> I was on international duty. Um, so I've seen, obviously, the change in management. I was playing for Jamaica and two international um, competitions. We got to the final. So I returned back from international um, duty, literally, on a Tuesday. And the season starts on a Saturday. <laughs> So I um, got a call and a text from Claudio, you know, saying, Wes, obviously just want to introduce myself. Um, look forward to, to you having you back. Um, and I thought that was great, you know, and I still worried a bit about, right, am I going to get straight back to the team or what? <laughs> because he's not seen me play. But, you know, credit to Claudio, put me straight back into the team. And, you know, we got someone of the, the likes of Claudio with, you know, all he's achieved, the teams he's manage the the plays he's had under underneath him you know you can't go wrong so it's just you know great to finally meet him um and get involved with with his ideas and his tactics and yeah you know it was a fantastic season and Gulo can say let's go there if we can Wes because he was the and this is not to be disrespectful of yourself to Robert Huth to Kristen Fuchs to Riyad Mahrez and Gulo Kante's the the little gem in the rough 5.6 million from French football first impressions of him Wes did you realise pretty quickly my god this guy's pretty special yeah well I've got you know, a little story about Kante first impressions like you said and First training session, you know, no one's heard of him. You know, he's come from uh, League Two France and uh, it's a little guy, humble, big smile on his face. Everyone, when it's your first training session, you're always interested. Oh, I wonder what this guy's like. I wonder if he's any good. Um, after the training session, he's the only person that had the effect on everyone where everyone stood back and said, who the hell is this guy? Where has he come from? He was that good 
in the first training session. And, you know, I've had Vardy, I've had Mares, I've had some really good players that I, I've, I've played with. Uh, but no one has never had that impression on, on the whole team. And from that point, it was like, wow, we've got a really special player. But it, it goes to show, like... We, the recruitment was fantastic, but how come he's not been spotted like yeah. way before then? Uh, what about okay? Why do you think that was, and and what about him specifically? What quality did he? I mean, we know his quality in terms of winning the ball back early and uh, and kind of his redistribution, his his ability to kind of run the the kind of middle of the park. What 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 specifically as a footballer were you seeing straight away that you thought, okay, this guy's a bit different? Yeah, straight away, you know, is. is the way he wins the ball back and reads the game, you know, he was intercepting, he was stepping onto balls. Everyone's like, oh, he's sharp, he's good. But then he was getting it and he was just spraying it left, spraying it right, playing it between lines, you know. And when the other team had it, he was just getting it back straight away. Or teams were running through and he'd just come out of nowhere, get the ball and just play a perfect pass to somebody. It was like, okay, this guy's really good. Like, he's got to make a mistake at some point, but he did, you know. And then obviously in the matches and that, you know, there must have been a couple of occasions where he lost out on a tackle and everyone's like in shock, like, no, Canty don't lose a tackle. You know, that's not part of his um, job description, you know. Uh, so when that happened, it's a big, big shock. So everyone makes mistakes, everyone loses tackles. But for him, it was a no-no. So when that happened, everyone's in a bit of a shock because that's how good he is. I always remember when I look back on that Leicester team, Wes, and again, I'm maybe oversimplifying this, 4-4-2, Casper, Danny, Christoph, yourself and Robert, you've got Mares, Albrighton, you've got Kante, Drinkwater, Okazaki, Vardy with Big Ujoa coming on about the hour mark. Wasn't much else to it. Yeah, that? yeah, you nailed it on the head. You literally nailed it. We was fortunate throughout the seasons with, throughout that season with no injuries, really. Um, and just the players playing to the best of the form, you know. The back four were just solid, you know, not expecting us to do anything extra special just do your job defend we had drink water canty you know literally controlled the middle of the park canty in front of us literally he's like an extra man yeah you know so he makes our job half the half as hard he, he, that's how good he is and then drinky you know probably the most underrated you know because he'll get the ball and he'll start play start attacks you know and he was really good in controlling the tempo of our game Mares, you can just give it him and he can just do anything out of nothing. Um, Albright on the wing, 110% all the time, consistent, getting down the line, feeding balls in for Favars just to gobble up. Uh, and Okazaki, he was a striker and a midfielder. Yeah. So he was running back, helping back, and then sprinting up and popping up with the odd goals. Big Leo off the bench, you know, when we need a, something where, you know, it's a bit draw, a bit draw, we're losing, you'll come on. And he, he was producing as well, you know, and that was our. That was, our, that, that was the team. When was it first articulated within the dressing room yeah. that that there was an idea you guys could win the league? And, and who was it that first, could you recall, who first said, we can go all the way here? I think no one really wanted to say it. <laughs> no one really wanted to say it because I think it was partly thinking, we're doing well. Can we keep it up though? You know, when's the big team's going to catch us up and just take over? You know, for majority of the season. And Claire did a great job of Played it down in the media, you know. We're just trying to get to the golden 45 points, you know. Oh, okay, we got to that point. Um, maybe we might get to Champions League, uh, but throughout, we're you know, up there, right? You know, first, second, third throughout the season. Um, I'll, take you, I'll take you back to a date where <laughs> to put words in your mouth, February the 6th. And I remember, and I'm going to name check out a sports bar here, Barasti. 
You might have been there, you might have not. And I remember, February the 6th, you were away at the Etihad Stadium against Man City. Yeah. Huge crowd in the Barasti. 3-0. Robert Huth got two. And I think... Mares. And, and Mares, was it? Yeah. He got the third. Got the last one. 3-0 up, Aguero scored late on. Yeah. And everyone after that, not, not many Leicester fans in, in truth, not many Leicester fans over in this part of the world, mm. everyone was buzzing. There was an electricity yeah. in that sports bar because everyone thought, they might just do this. Well, that's, just do that, that was the turning point for me, personally. Like, going to the Etihad, you know, the great Man City, playing them away and beating them how we beat them. That's when I like, went to change rooms after life thinking, you know what, this actually could be on. You know, and I think, you know, players at different points, but for me, and probably the majority, I think the turning ball, the realisation that we actually could do it was, was Man City away. And tactically speaking, and we touched on the, the 4-4-2, uh, the, the, the way you guys seem to set up was obviously making yourselves very difficult to beat and being absolutely clinical yeah. on the counter-attack. Was there a sense that teams hadn't worked you out? And were, was there a sense that you were catching people on the hoof almost? Um, you know, I think throughout the season, people would have probably worked out what was about, you know, but couldn't stop it. <laughs> you know, um, Morris was unbelievable. When you look back at his goals, some of the goals he scored that season, you know, you couldn't stop him. Vards, he was just sniffing out every opportunity and scoring. So even if you could write, OK, let's just keep the ball off them. That's great, you know, because we were just solid at the back. But when we won it back, we were just devastating on the counter, you know, and, and that was our play. That was our play, you know, win the ball back, try and build up some type of play. Uh, but, you know, try and be explosive and, and fast pace and try and catch them off guard. Talk to me about Jamie, that season in particular. What is he like, first and foremost, in training, going up against him? And what did he bring? What does Jamie Vardy bring that's so unique to a football team? Well, I think his goals speak for itself. You know, he scored so many goals and the type of goals he scores, he's on the shoulder of uh, the defender, you know, and he's always ready to spring into action. And once he gets going, he's very difficult to catch, you know. So in terms of, you know, him being on the half term, waiting for that opportunity when the ball breaks down and then straight on the half turn, the players know that we can just feed it into the spaces and he's going to be onto it. And that season in particular, it was just clinical, you know, any chances he got through on goal or crosses along the, the box, he was picking them out, making the right movements. And he's just clinical, you know. You know, you give him two chances, he's going to score one, definitely. And that season's probably scoring one for one, yeah. you know. So, yeah, he's a special player. I've played with him for almost 10 years uh, at Leicester. I know exactly what he's about in training. You know, I probably like to say I know how to handle him a little bit better you know just get tight and just grab him and yeah. he can't do nothing um, but for the opposition I feel sorry for them because they probably don't know what to expect and he's so ridiculously quick you know once he gets that half a yard he's thrown but the job was not done yet and you may remember they followed up the euphoria of beating City and acknowledging then that the Premier League title was indeed within their grasp with a 2-1 defeat at Arsenal we asked Wes to tell us how did the team take that setback? That really hurt. And what hurt us most is we saw on social media afterwards how Arsenal celebrated in the changing rooms. And we was like, why are they celebrating? It's only Leicester. Why are they um, celebrating so hard? And that kind of gave us the extra boost we needed to go harder. You know, that run of games where you're keeping clean sheets, winning games 1-0, doing everything we need to do to pick up points and just continue to put the pressure on the rest of the team trying to catch us. 
message from the manager was just go out there and do your job. You know, you can feel it, you can taste it now. You know, don't let it go. You know, do not let it drop out your hands and do what you're, you know, what you've been doing all season and, and win games and you'll get there. Is it one of the most surreal days of your life? Andrea Bocelli, King Power Stadium, Claudio's in floods of tears. I remember watching it. I was emotional. <laughs> the world was emotional. Talk to me. Take us back to that day. How did you feel? Yeah, it's, it's special. You know, everything about the day you're waking up and you know you're going to get the hands on the trophy. Um, you're excited. You get your suit on. You, you try to keep your normal routine, <laughs> but it's just different. It's just different. Just turn up at the stadium, floods of fans, everyone everywhere. You go into the dressing room, couldn't even get ready. I'm getting pulled left to right, right? This is what's going to happen after the game's finished. You know, you're going to walk this way. You need to do this, do that. And it was a bit of a, um, you know, it was a bit of a show, you know. And you half forgot that there's actually a football match to play. <laughs> but it was just fantastic scenes. The pyrotechnics, the, the, the fireworks, the atmosphere, the fans, everything about it was, was incredible. The changing rooms was just a buzz. And we won the game. You know, which is great. <laughs> Makes it special. We won the game. And yeah, to finally take that walk on the carpet, walking up to stage, get your hands on the trophy. You know, I remember just taking a moment to myself, you know, closing my eyes just to picture in my mind. I can close my eyes and feel it now, you know, where I'm just about to lift the trophy, close my eyes, lift it. Uh, and that noise. And it's waves. amazing. Is that noise embellished in your mind? Can you, when you. Imagine you close your eyes, you get your hands on that trophy. Leicester City are Premier League champions. The noise in the King Power Stadium. Yeah, the roar was absolutely incredible. I've got goosebumps right now. Yeah, the the roar was absolutely incredible. Every single person, the shouting, screaming, everyone in tears. You know, you finally did it. You finally get that trophy. Obviously lifting in front of your own fans. Absolutely incredible. I think the beauty was, you know, everyone was supporting Leicester unless you was a Tottenham fan who was yeah. our closest rivals everyone's supporting Leicester and every fan I, I see speak to about that you know everyone was like so glad you win it was um, you know was, 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 was hoping you'll do it you know we're praying hoping you'll do it and, and you actually did it for, for everybody it's a bit of an underdog story you know oh, everyone a feels a part of it <laughs> <laughs> Everyone feels a part of it, you know. It's like we did it for everybody, you know, for the for the normal folk. Did you tune in to watch Gary Lineker present Match of the Day in his underpants? Oh yeah, <laughs> no, I saw. I watched it back, you know. And sometimes you, you, should, you shouldn't say things that are going to come bite you back on your bum. I suppose. Can, can I ask a personal question, Wes? Nigel Pearson. Did did you personally reach out to him? Did he reach out to you? I'm always conscious of Nigel because he won seven of his last nine in charge to keep you guys up you were bottom for four and a half months mm. you won seven drew one lost one of your last nine you stay in the division by six points the previous season Claudio comes in and you win the league I wonder did Nigel appear at any point in the days in the um, you know I've always stayed in contact with Nigel you know I think Nigel built the foundation for where Leicester are today you know um, when I joined spoke to Nigel spoke about his plans this is his vision for the team brought all his type of players in you know he gave me the armband after six months and you know it wasn't long before we obviously got promoted to the Premier League you know and the foundations were there you know we um, like I said to see the first season when we were you know bottom of the league struggling but we was playing well you know we was losing games just by one goal 
uh, and that would be a mistake or it would be you know, a fantastic finish. So we always kept confidence and only tinkered with the tactics a bit. Went to a bit of a, a back three and our look changed and we had a fantastic finish to that season and then whatever's happened, Nigel's left, Claudius came in. But I always say, you know, that foundation was always built. Claudius came in and just maintained it and, and pushed us on another level. The other key aspect of Leicester City's success is the owners. It's obviously that a lot of tears have been shed, the heartbreak that the football club has gone through. The owners, the role that they've played in transporting Leicester from where you were to, to where you are today. A quick word on, on them, if you can, Wes. Yeah, special people, you know, so generous, so humble. We'll do, you know, anything for anyone, you know, associated with Leicester, the players, the staff. The city, you know, they've given so much back. Um, it was very, very close to, to the players. You know, they love to give us incentives if we, we win games, you know, meals. Um, you know, they used to love to take us away for a few days post-season. Um, when they won the league, the, the owner let me stay in his house in, in Thailand. And obviously the billionaires in the house was amazing, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> um, but just little things like that, you know, it's a bit of a... Um, description about the type of guys they are and that's why they get highly spoken about so much because they didn't they did so much for the city you know give back so much for the fans I'm not sure there's many owners out there that you know you can say that about how did your mentality shift when you became a Premier League champion Wes in terms of the following seasons the ones that came after that Were they more enjoyable somehow? Was were the were the kind of I don't know, uh, were the shackles of of kind of the mental pressure that all these players put themselves under somewhat lifted? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a good question because you know we only recently got promoted. We just avoided relegation. Then the season after, we went to win the league. You know, so all of a sudden, everyone's got the expectation that we should be you know there or thereabouts each and every season. Season after was definitely a bit more of a reality check. You know. Um, didn't have a great start. I think we lost our first game. Didn't have a good campaign throughout, really. I think we finished mid-table-ish. And I think from that point on, we still wanted to not establish ourselves as, you know, Premier League champions. We wanted to be, you know, a team that has achieved something great, but want to be more consistent in terms of where we're going to start finishing in the league. Uh, I think over the years, we've we've shown that we have been you know, under Brendan, um, past seasons, we just finished, missed out on the, the, the top four, which has been great. We've been day or day about near the, the top of the, the league. And I think overall, since I've been at Leicester, you know, become a very strong Premier League team. And I think we've got great players, a great manager that, you know, in the future will achieve. What an amazing insight into Leicester City's title-winning season with the one and only Wes Morgan. A massive thanks to Wes. He was a lovely guy. He spared all of 40 minutes to chat to us down at the Jumeirah Beach Hotel. And of course, as we always do, we have to thank the team at Football Escapes. They always provide us with the best guests, from Peter Crouch to Michael Owen to Robbie Keane to Rio Ferdinand and many, many more on this show. They've been a wonderful source of guests for us and they do great work down there at the Jumeirah Beach Hotel with their football training camp. So a massive thank you to those guys guys they're going to be back of course we'll put you bang in the picture as to when they have their next camp and uh, looking forward to our next interview with them the Offscript podcast we hope that you enjoyed this episode please do go ahead and click subscribe you can also check out our other podcasts time capsule or the big interview find it wherever you get your podcasts 